Wolf and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. This is going to make me look kind of freaky. Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Devaluing the word great if you followed with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. Okay, still nothing on Chandler Jones or Von Miller, but Wolf, I'm going to run through some of these uh, these names around the league that have signed elsewhere or moved around. I say a lot of the uh, a lot of the early moves have involved the Cardinals, whether it's Chase Edmonds going to Miami, Christian Kirk going to Jacksonville, James Conner, Zach Ertz staying with the Cardinals, uh, even former Cardinal Hassan Reddick to Philadelphia. That's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of Cardinals related players here. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, man. Let's hope it calms down a little bit later. Isn't that right, Chandler? Uh, okay, so here's a couple of the other ones you just uh, pointed this out. Uh, it was on one of the TVs in here. Brandon Scherf sounds like he is going to Jacksonville. I'm just looking at a list here that has the the top hundred free agents and where they're going. Because <laughs> on on a day like today, you're just on like nine thousand different Twitter accounts, and people are texting you possible moves, and just all over the place. They seem to have it uh, all lined up here on uh, CBSSports.com. Scherf is the highest rated player that's that's moved teams today. How about that right there, Brandon Scherf, the guard, of course, for Washington. He's going to go, and he's going to play. Now in Jacksonville. Jacksonville, they're building something down there, aren't they? They're building some type of offense. And this is only going to become more and more clear. You know what's amazing about it, first of all, is just free agency. You you know how I feel about free agency for the most part. It is a it is a tool base in Onions, but I don't know if you happen to see the tweet by Field Yates. Field Yates came out with a very cool tweet based on audience. He says, free agency has perils, but in recent years, it, it has yielded immediate return. In each of the past six years, would you say that's a, a large sample size? Yeah. I would say that's so. three Brady Super Bowls. In each of the past six years, the top spender has increased its win total by at least three wins. Wow. Via okay. free agency. 2021, the Patriots were plus three. The Dolphins in 2020 were plus five. The Jets were plus three in 2019. In 2018, the Bears were plus seven. The Jaguars in 2017, plus seven. And the Giants, plus five in 2016. Think about that. The last six years, the top spender in free agency won at least three more games the next year. That is interesting, and a lot of it, he had just seven, six, five. That's a huge difference. Yeah. The agency is not the panacea that we all thought it was going to be, yet at the same time, when used correctly, you're going to win. Especially because for the longest time, we would hear every every year after free agency, well, big deal, you won the offseason, how does that actually translate onto the field? But we are seeing it make more and more of a difference lately, and whether you believe that's because Tampa Bay was kind of a super team two years ago, and the Rams were kind of a super team last year, although they had to do it a lot through trades, there wasn't, it's not like Tom Brady was a free agent for Tampa, or that Aaron Donald uh, was, you know, new to the Rams, but like Von Miller wasn't a free agent, but we are seeing teams build 
successful teams, the last two Super Bowl winners, built around vets more so than just guys right out of the draft. So when you mentioned Brandon Scherf and the fact that he's going to Jacksonville, and we know that Christian Kirk is going to Jacksonville as well, they're not going to be done. They're trying to build that team around Trevor Lawrence. I'm obviously. assuming he'll be better with a coach this year. I mean, think year. about those, those two moves right there, the microcosm of those two moves for the Jaguars. I basically says, okay, we need to protect Trevor Lawrence. Protect your investment. And, Why wouldn't you? And we need to give him options to throw the ball. And according to Gambo, when he came on earlier with us, they were in on uh, James Conner, too. And they yeah, just didn't get it done. sit down. <laughs> you sit down if you know what's good for you. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, no way, James Conner. I'm so fired up, so fired up, my brothers, that the Arizona Cardinals have James Conner. And also, too, some of the other moves that they've made, we've been talking an awful lot about it, of course, all show, but it does fill me with hope that the Arizona Cardinals are schematically going to be a more physical team in 2022 than they were last year. Uh, Hassan Reddick to Philadelphia, that's another one of the bigger names out there. I mentioned Kirk to Jacksonville. Uh, Lakin Tomlinson, the guard, goes from San Francisco yeah. to the Jets. Okay, Hassan Reddick, just go ahead and revisit that one right there. Okay, what what exactly did Hassan get? Listen to this, my brother. Three years, $45 million. And, and that uh, that happened when Lorenzo Alexander was in here with us during the 11 o'clock hour, and we kind of had the conversation of... Who, who's going to be the first domino to fall? Is it Von Miller or is it Chandler Jones? Is it Von Miller, Chandler Jones, and all of a sudden it was Hassan Reddick. Now, when we were looking at this stuff over the last month or so, all the projections were like, okay, well, Chandler Jones, could he get like two years, 33 million? Uh, could Hassan Reddick, what did we see? That one was three years, 36 million, I believe it was. Because mm-hmm. remember, we had the debate, like, would I just rather pay the extra three million and have a full additional year of Hassan Reddick? Reddick got three years, $45 million. You get so fired up for Hassan Reddick right now. That means um, a lot of money for Chandler Jones. That is out there. <laughs> That's right. So Chan is probably looking at 18 a year plus. <laughs> 18 a year. I'm going to see if he's tweeting um, anything today. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm sure he's congratulating Hassan yeah. Reddick, knowing the businessman that Chan is. I'm sure he's congratulating Hassan Reddick, but I, I am. I'm so happy for Hassan Reddick. Um, disappointed. I thought maybe the Arizona Cardinals could steal him at about $12 million a year. Um, that was not going to be the case. And now Hassan Reddick has gone home. He played for Temple, of course. Now he's gone back to play for the Philadelphia Eagles. This is not a highly rated player. But it is a high-profile position. We haven't talked at all about Mitch Trubisky going to the Steelers. Mitchell. So is is that going to be their guy? Um, no. Okay. I don't think so. I wouldn't. I right? would think I mean, not either. No way. There's. There's no way. You're, I mean, he was not going to do was, that. What, what, what pick was he? Was like the second pick what, in the draft, third pick. I, don't know. I guess the question would be, what are you doing then? Yeah, because <laughs> how many quarterbacks can you have? <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, you're going to have to get one. What's, go on, get Mitchell Trubisky. God, he was the second pick in that draft. Um, I know that was. <laughs> what were they doing? Hey, listen. You know what? There was a there was a scout that was convicted for the Chicago Bears. There was a scout that stood on the table and started banging, banging his fist into his palm, banging it, saying, this is our guy, 
trust me on this. We need to take him. He's going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. I mean, honestly. Trade somebody, up for him. This Trade had, up for him. This had to be. This had to be a a guy that was well regarded, well respected inside that front office who stood on the table for Mitchell Trubisky and said, This guy checks every one of the boxes. And I'm not attacking Mitch Trubisky at all. I'm not. But I'm telling you, this is how it happens. It takes one Arizona Sports breaking news. You're talking quarterback? Yeah. Kind of. All right. Well, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, Colt McCoy is returning to the Cardinals on a two-year, $7.5 million deal, including $6 million fully guaranteed at signing. Two. Yes! Okay. Yes! Yes! We were just talking about this during the last break. <laughs> so, it's, uh, it's good. It's good that, uh, that Colt resigned. As you could hear from Wolf's reaction, Wolf, I, I'm, gonna, I'm assuming you wanted Colt McCoy back. Look, um, yes, I wanted Colt McCoy back. Um, this is big. When we talk about Kyler Murray and Kyler Murray developing as the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals and needing to continue to develop as a quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, Colt McCoy is right in the middle of all of that. And by the way, can I ask you this, my brothers? What would it have said if Colt McCoy didn't want to come back? That would have been much worse. So, okay, we can assume, if we weren't already, that Kyler Murray's coming back. Yes. I mean, we already were assuming that. Oh, there, of course. And we were were assuming it two weeks ago that he was getting his extension this offseason before he unscrubbed everything at the start of last week. And now Colt McCoy's coming back, who is... Is not the Kyler whisperer, but those two have a very good relationship very good off relationship. the field. Like to me, that is that's part of bringing Kyler Murray back. Is no doubt. McCoy back. Correct. This is this is a big signing because honestly, right now, um, Colt McCoy obviously sees he's got the ability to pour into Kyler Murray, and that's good. Coming up, James Conner is back. What's next for the Cardinals? That's James Conner, Zach Ertz, Justin Pugh, and Colt McCoy all back at this point. What's next? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I push my fingers into my eyes. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. So most of the moves, really all the moves actually around the Cardinals so far, Wolf, are all offensive guys, even the guys that have left. Just a recap for everybody, James Conner, three years, $21 million, could be up to $25.5 million. Zach Ertz, three years, a little over $31 million. Justin Pugh last night, one year, $5.5 million. Colt McCoy, uh, Maloney just had this, I believe it was two years, $7.5 million for Colt McCoy. Um, so those are guys you're bringing back. And then the guys you've lost so far are Chase Edmonds to Miami, two years, $12.6 million, and Christian Kirk to Jacksonville, four years, up to $84 million. It's all offense so far, Wolf. Yeah, man. This is, you know what, honestly, it's the strength of the Arizona Cardinals, and it seems like to me that the Cardinals are preparing for something. Are they not? Some of these signings right here, they're indicators, they're harbingers, my friends. The Cardinals are preparing for something. 
something big. And I think we all understand what that probably is. All of these moves, in my opinion, they point to the direction this offense has got to go. And oh, by the way, I still think the strength of this football team is their offense. They pretty clearly feel that way as well, because if you're a pessimist driving around right now with the Cardinals, or if you have a problem with this so far, your your comment is probably, okay, this team dropped 5-6 of six counting the playoff game, and all we're doing is bringing back the exact same offense minus Christian Kirk and Chase Edmonds. So very clearly the Cardinals are looking at this and saying, okay, James Conner, James Conner to me was a no-brainer. Zach Ertz they're looking at and saying he wasn't the problem in the second half of the season. His arrival just happened to coincide with the team going in the wrong direction. We can still get more out of him. Justin Pugh is coming off maybe his best year, probably definitely his best year as a Cardinal yes. at least. And Colt McCoy, like it makes sense when you break down each move, but they haven't gone out and added anybody yet. So I have to believe in some re- some sense Steve Kime in that front office look at, at the offense last year as not being part of the problem. Now, in those final five, six games, everything was part of the problem, but not so much so where you would let a key piece go unless you have to with Chase Edmonds and Christian Kirk. You just got outbid for those guys. Yeah, man. This is this is really, really cool. Um, at some point in time, I think the Arizona Cardinals might go out and actually sign a free agent that plays on the defensive <laughs> defensive side of the ball at some point in time. But, man, right now, this is an acknowledgement of the offense that they were running running and how strong this offense was in the first half of the season. This offense was for real, and they were for real because they were running the ball, and they were doing it in between the tackles, and a lot of the time, too. Not a lot of the time. I should not say that. But they had Kyler Murray under center more times than they had in the second half of the season. And um, I'd like to see that continued to grow, that part of their offense, that scheme right there. It's a more physical scheme. Attack the line of scrimmage. Um, Zach Ertz, I think, is an indicator of this. Because of the play action, you can run off of that. When you take a James Conner at 6'1", 232 pounds, and you run him off tackle, on the stretch, on the outside zone, on the tackle zone, as I call it, when you run that, now all of a sudden you got those linebackers have have to respect the the fact that you might give them the ball, and that freezes them, and that frees up the inside of the field. Zach Ertz will have a field day as the move tight end on those particular plays. This, to me, is all in support of an offense that is going to become even more physical going forward and an offense that is preparing for Kyler Murray. All right, so at the running back position right now, you have James Conner, Eno Benjamin, Jonathan Ward signed. Are you good with that? Do you want somebody? I feel like you need to add somebody. As much as I want to see Eno Benjamin thrive, as much as in all my time watching ASU, I feel like he was the most NFL ready running back, or the, I shouldn't say NFL ready, but the running back I've seen at ASU that seemed the most likely to be an NFL player, and that touchdown run he had last year, uh, where he just threw the guy at like the 10-yard line, that was yeah. great. Uh, and maybe he's the guy, but I still think you go into camp with yes. somebody between James Conner and Eno Benjamin. Yes, no, chart. you've got to do that, man. you got to go out and you're going to get a running back. It's going to be a kind time sign, very much the way that it was with James Conner. We think how late James Conner signed last offseason, and he signed for the minimum. 
it's going to be somebody like James Conner that is out there, and I'll be fine with that. Um, somebody that is more Chase Edmonds than James Conner, obviously. That's what they're going to do. But, man, this is really, really interesting. The the moves the Arizona Cardinals have made, once again, I'm waiting for Max Williams. I, I don't think Max Williams is going to get a ton of action out in the open market because of the ACL, yet he was so good when he was playing. He was so good when he played. Now, again, listen, I don't put I don't put a ton of stock into the grades that Pro Football Focus gives. Okay, I just don't do it. But they had him rated as the number one tight end in terms of blocking and rundown situations when he was healthy. Think about that for a minute. Yeah. Okay. You could tell. Again, I, I don't need pro football focus. Some of you out there might need that, but just watching him on tape, watching him go about his business, you could tell Max Williams changes this offense, brought balance to this offense. And when this offense was rolling, oh my goodness, it was rolling out of 11 personnel. One back, one tight end, three wide receivers, and they were running the ball in between the tackles. Now it's going to be 12. Hopefully, it's going to be 12 personnel. One back, two tight ends with Zach Ertz as the move tight end, replacing Christian Kirk. So now you'll have D-Hop and Rondell Moore and Zach Ertz and Max Williams in rundown situation. 12 personnel, the majority of the time. uh, Yeah, and that's assuming they don't add a receiver, which I have to think they're going to add a, a, a fairly uh, big-name receiver. If you're going to lose Christian Kirk and A.J. Green, but we'll stick him with running back. I'm just looking at some of the guys that are out there. Because like you said, it's it's going to be... You're not going to go out there and pay a bunch of money for a second running back. You would have just probably kept Chase Edmonds. It's going to be a kind-time signing like you're talking about. Yeah. So I'm... I'm I mean, it, there's a there's a long list of guys, but it's like I mean, Rashad Penny's going to cost money. Devontae Booker, Carlos Hyde, Jeff Wilson, David Johnson's out there. I'm guessing it okay. won't be him. There's a lot of running backs out there that are just kind of in that range. It's just going to be personal preference for the Cardinals. Yes, it is going to be personal preference right now. I, I don't. For me, I I don't see another signing offensively. Like right now in this first wave for the Cardinals, unless it's Max Williams, unless you tell me it's Max Williams, okay. And, but I, I don't think, I don't think he's going to get a ton of action in this first wave, so to speak. I, I think um, the moves that have been made right now, it's all to support Kyler Murray going forward. But I think maybe a corner, maybe now, maybe the corner move. And we haven't seen, I don't know, I, I haven't been watching, but have we seen a lot of movement in no. the corner market None of these so guys. far? J.C. Jackson, None of these Carl guys. Davis, unless so they're all out five there. minutes, I haven't seen any of them. Okay. I did look up what Chandler Jones' uh, most recent tweet was, and it was from yesterday. Wait, was Brady hacked? <laughs> Which is funny. Oh that my goodness, my that is thought. good. That my is first great. thought, actually, when I saw Brady's uh, <laughs> announcement that he was coming back yesterday was... Did Jeff Passan hack a Tom Brady's right? account or something? Oh, my goodness, yeah. All right, we come back. The Suns hammered the Lakers last night, and there may have been a little extra incentive. Also, this could be a first-round playoff matchup, so this could get uh, kind of ugly here. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We'll come back and get into Suns, Lakers, Anthony Davis's comments next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. 
So, Wolf was right. I actually know what this one is. The next move was defense. According to Adam Schefter, Cardinals linebacker and special teams standout, Dennis the Barbarian Gardeck, reached an agreement with the Cardinals on a three-year, $12 million deal. What is good, Gardeck? The Cardinals also announced that they've re-signed defensive lineman Michael Dogby to a one-year contract. There you go. All right, that's good. So right there. three more years, Michael Dogby. Michael Dogby taking care of business right now. A little depth signing by the Arizona Cardinals. And, of course, team captain Dennis Gardeck in transition. A transitional technician of the highest order. I think I'd be a little nervous that the Cardinals hadn't gone out and added anybody yet if anybody was adding anybody. It's just Jacksonville out there trying to add pieces right now. I think when you are a team that started 7-0 and and 10-2, and your your main priority is to bring your guys back first. And then when you have your team in place, and you can go out there and look and say, okay, now we need this and this. It's not like any of the big-name corners. Uh, it's not like really a lot. I mean, it's not Chandler Jones, Von Miller. Those guys are all out there. You're not going after one of them, most likely. But uh, any of those big-name corners come off the board, and then I start to get a little more nervous. You know, any time, and I think you alluded to this earlier, but any time you start a season 7-0 and and 10-2, and um, you had something. Something was alive and well at that point in time. These signings today... All these signings today point directly to seven and zero and ten and two, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what, that's who they were. They were a more physical team, which I'm fine. Early in the first half of the season, they were more physical. I'm fine focusing on that as you structure your team and you decide if you want to bring guys back or not, because you don't want to you don't want to try to mess with the part that was good. That's what's so tough about a season like that when you were two completely different teams. So you don't want to mess up what you had going well those first 12 games because that was the majority of the season. But you can't overlook how the season, how you collapsed and how it's been two years in a row. But I think that is stuff you can do not on the first day of free agency or the first day of tampering. That stuff may actually be more internal, whether that is Kyler Murray's got to do something different or Cliff's got to look in the mirror or something. But I, I don't know that you're like, well, you know, we struggled last year, so no Zach Ertz, no James Conner, no Justin Pugh. Like, now nah, go ahead and bring back the guys that, that were yeah. part of the, the 10 and 2 and then figure out whatever happened in the, at the end of the season. You got to figure it out, but I don't think you figure you, it out today. You know, you, you've got to figure it out and you've got to make sure that never happens again. Um, once again, I think a lot of it had to do with leadership. As a matter of fact, if you're asking me why they collapsed over the last two seasons in the second half of the season, it was because of a lack of leadership. Uh, I think, again, leadership, you have to understand guys need to be playing in order to lead. You do. You just you just have to go out, and especially in the game of football, my brothers, where you go onto the field and you don't know if you're going to come out. You don't know if you're going to come out of that field in one piece. It, it is a it is a very difficult proposition. Every time you step in between those white lines, you don't know if you're going to come out and be in one piece. You just don't know it. And because of that, you need leaders to do first before they say. So when you talk about no D-Hop, when you talk about no J.J. Watt, th- those were big losses for the Arizona Cardinals, not only in the physicality that they brought in between those white lines, but all of that leadership that comes with it. You just don't, 
You don't go out there if you're not if you're not giving up the blood, sweat, and tears on a football field that the other guy is. You're not going to walk up to him and tell him what to do. Yeah, that's it. Rings a little hollow when you do that. Big time. You talk about a ten and two start. How about the uh, the start? To, how how about a fifty four and thirteen start? Wolf. That's where the Suns are right now. After that, they're fifty four and fourteen. Sorry, I forgot about the Toronto game. Yes. After that win over the Lakers last night. Now, if you uh, you missed it, Anthony Davis had some comments that came out before the game of yeah okay the only reason the Suns won in the playoffs last year is because I wasn't playing and I know that and they know that and uh, well the uh, the Suns responded whether it was to that or not in fact according to Devin Booker it had nothing really to do with that uh, but he still he still found it funny anyway although now I've lost the audio it's gone forever oh my goodness <laughs> seriously what happened to the Just audio of Devin Booker right well Devin Booker uh, played well th- what 30 points DeAndre Ayton had a double double in the first half and the Suns, a team that they are going potentially to see in the first round of the playoffs. They've hammered them three times. This was Booker after the game reacting to Anthony Davis' comments. Did that inspire anything? Nah, that's what's going to happen anyways. I just think it's funny. Yeah. Why do you think it's funny? It just is. I know what you're trying to do, Wayne, but... I'm just asking. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's just all the ifs. And, you know, if, if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. Right. If my auntie had some maternal legs, she'd be my uncle. You know, it's, it's a lot of ifs in this game. And, you know, you look at history along the lines, like there's some something that comes up for every team during every season. So, you know, instead of just taking the high route and going, you have to make a comment like that. It's kind of funny. Okay. It didn't seem like he was laughing. But there was a couple of things right there. Uh, you know, if, I, if was a fifth, we'd all well, be drunk. No, How first, have we looked past first that? First of all, actually, I'm going to I'm going to back it up even further than that. You got Devin Booker saying, um, "You know what? I just think it's funny." And he's you, you're going to let that hang. The guy followed up. I said, "What's funny?" Yeah. You know, like you didn't know Bookie was going to do that. Book, you knew he was going to do that. Also, if you haven't seen played? the press conference, you do need to see it. Book's sitting there in that like sweaterish thing with the sunglasses. With just the laughing. sunglasses yeah. on, exactly. And Book was saying, I know what you're trying to do here. <laughs> you were the one who just said you thought it was funny, Book. Yeah. Um Okay, so that was interesting right there, but also I, I love the just the class of Devin Booker. He's got the intensity, the smoldering intensity, even though he had the the sunglasses on, the full windshield sunglasses. I I don't know what was going on with that. Yet the the same time, uh Book is able to pull that stuff off and look okay, isn't he? Yeah, he he <laughs> I have to think there's a certain level too if you're Devin Booker of you know, I had to suffer through the first four or five years in this league, and I, and I don't. Maybe Devin Booker did make excuses. I don't remember Devin Booker ever making excuses. I never heard Devin Booker make an excuse for why the Suns were winning twenty games. I never heard from Devin Booker that he wanted to leave and go play with Carl Anthony Towns or D'Angelo Russell or Kevin Durant or whoever on some super team. Devin Booker, I would imagine those comments from Anthony Davis probably rub him the wrong way more than most, too, because he's like, no, no, no. When things don't go well, you just fight through it and you get better. The Suns didn't have Chris Paul for a chunk of the playoffs last year, and they had half of Chris Paul for another chunk. And instead of folding and saying, like, well, we have our excuse, we'll talk to you next year, they just went out and kept winning until they ran into Giannis. Uh, the, the narrative that the Phoenix Suns didn't deserve to be where they were last year, especially when they're fifty-four and fourteen this yeah. year, feels like it, that should have been dispelled so years ago. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's a, it's such a lie. It's just a flat-out lie. 
is what it is. You know, A.D., Anthony Davis, I, I used to love A.D., there's no doubt, when he was younger, um, and then he forced his way out. He is a really good player. Uh, he's a great player, um, yet at the same time, I think he's one of these guys, and this is just me, I don't know this, Basinonians, but if I was in that locker room, I'd be able to tell you for certain, but he seems to be one of these guys, there's always an excuse, there's always, a, there's always an excuse for something, there's always a reason for something. I can't tell you how many guys I played with, where there was always something they would tell you something happened on this play that allowed me to get beat something happened weird something weird happened on this play and i i got beat uh instead of just saying i got beat which happens a lot of the time in the national football league in the nba in the nhl and major league baseball you just get beat sometimes because the other guy is good too it's not even close um, sometimes, A.D., you just get beat. Period. And it wasn't like the Lakers. It wasn't when you played in 37 games this year. You guys were killing it. That's the other thing. The Lakers have been miserable this sometimes year. Sometimes you just get beat, I, A.D. I, 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 like I said, I'm, I, I can at least understand if Anthony Davis's his mindset is, if I was playing, I would have made a difference. That's fine. You're what, an athlete, what did you're a say though earlier about that? Five games he played in. He did, I mean, the fifth one, the fifth game that he played in, if you remember, he played like the first half and then he, he clearly wasn't right. Like he was holding his leg totally. the whole time. But history is looking back on this outside of the valley as if the Suns were at full strength and Anthony Davis missed the entire playoffs. He played in basically four and a half of the games, and the Suns had an injured Chris Paul for pretty much that entire series. I didn't hear anyone complaining here. No, let's let's remember how it actually happened, not just, well, this is a bigger market, so they would have won. Because obviously it's not working for the Lakers this year, and the Suns have the best record in the NBA by seven and a half games. Just hammered them, too. Anyone who watched that game, was that not a thing of beauty? There was, uh, here, I'll play this clip real quick. I know we're late, but DeAndre Ayton said uh, afterwards, uh, he talked about winning by 29. At the end, you got to respect our opponents. That's another thing. We respect our opponents, but we don't respect you by beating you up. Simple as that. It's just that was too good of a wolf there quote to knock it in there. We'll respect the you by beating you up. Okay, we're gonna talk about that. All right, we're gonna come back. We'll recap what the Cardinals have done today and take a look around the National Football League. Day one of the legal tampering period. We'll get it all together here next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, ninety eight seven FM Arizona's Sports Station. No, I don't know why I did this. Started looking at the 2017 draft. I actually do know why, because Mitch Trubisky is now a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He likes to go by Mitchell. Fine. I feel like you have to earn that status the way he has played. Mitchell Trubisky is now on the Steelers, who don't have to deal with the fact that he was the number two overall pick in a draft, Wolf, that featured some of these players. Okay, you ready for the names? Yeah. Now, I'm not going to hold Miles Garrett against them because he was the first pick. Uh, let's see. Jamal Adams, Christian. These are all guys that went after Mitch Trubisky. Jamal Adams, Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, Marshawn Lattimore, Deshaun Watson, Marlon Humphrey, uh, let's see, Tredavious White, TJ Watt, Buda Baker, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Juju Smith-Schuster, Alvin Kamara, Cooper Cup, okay, okay. Chris Godwin, uh, Kenny Galladay, James Conner. So, yeah, there's... Yeah. yeah. Okay, we get your point. All right. Okay, there were a lot of really, really good football players that were taking 
were, were taken after Mitchell Trubisky. Yes, specifically okay. Patrick Mahomes, because I understand if you trade up because you need a quarterback, but you should take the one that's better. But the point you know is... You know what's amazing? A scouting man, once again, that is scouting right there. That, somebody that was respected in that front office, somebody stood up and said, this is our guy, and this is our moment. Well, unless that scout is with the Steelers now, I, I am a little I'm a little fascinated though. What happens if he goes to Pittsburgh and he is a good quarterback for the Steelers? Yeah, all the pressure's be, off now. That's right, exactly. Um, That'd be kind of cool. It wouldn't be the first time. It wouldn't be the first time that somebody actually went somewhere else and did better. Um, it won't be the last time. I can tell you that. But I don't think it's going to happen here. <laughs> I'm just it's it's Mitch, and again, I'm not attacking him in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I don't think he is a starting quarterback. I think he is a backup quarterback in the NFL, and he'll have a nice backup career. I believe that. Well, then the Steelers have a lot of uh, backup quarterbacks right now. Now, uh, one team that has a starting quarterback, we, we got some clarity for a couple teams. What over does the that weekend? tell you right now? Just stop and think about what you just said right there. You know, they have a lot of backup quarterbacks. I don't know what they're doing right now because they are not typically a team that goes out and rents a quarterback for a year or two so do they like somebody in the draft do they like somebody in this draft because the opportunity is going to be there to move up because not a lot of people like quarterbacks in this draft Maybe, maybe they're like, hey, let's just go and we'll bring some backup quarterbacks in and kind of like Big Ben where, you know, what Big Ben came in, he played as a rookie. Maybe we'll go ahead and do that if we can surround this guy with some backup quarterbacks that are good dudes. Maybe that was one of the reasons why they looked at Mitchell Trubisky and said, man, you know what? We hear some good things about him because supposedly he is a super dude. you imagine if the Steelers hit on a quarter Roethlisberger wasn't like that wasn't out of nowhere he was a highly regarded quarterback in that draft there are some quarterbacks that that you know there's what four or five that that could be good in this draft but just good luck nobody seems to know which one uh, is the main one right now one team that has their quarterback Tampa Bay gets Tom Brady back yesterday Jeff Darlington and I tell you I, I I agree with what he's saying right here it never really felt like Tom Brady actually retired I remember going through the conversations behind the scenes as Brady was preparing to announce his retirement and a lot of the reasons that I felt like I was getting for his decision to retire felt like the things that a player thinks about after a long season not necessarily after a long career it always felt like he was just tired Tired from the season, and I think ultimately he probably recognized after 40 days that wait a second, I still want to play. I still feel the need to play. I still feel like I'm on this planet to play football. And ultimately, he was able to make the decision soon enough that the Bucks, as an organization, can still put together this plan for free agency and still put the pieces in place to make another championship run. So, I guess all's well that ends well. Hmm. Yeah, you know, once again, um, every human being has a right to change their mind. There's no, I'm not judging Tom Brady in the least, but I will tell you right now, oh my goodness, Tom, really? You cited your family. You cited your kids and your wife as to why you thought it was time to walk away. So it's not a good look when you come back. That's all I'm saying right now. It isn't. Maybe, you know, we were talking about this when Lorenzo Alexander was in here. Your your kids are only seven years old for that year. Then they're eight. Then they're nine, right? So how many more of those years are you willing? It's not like you never see them, but you're basically gone for football season. How many of those years are you willing to, to sacrifice? But 
No, Brady doesn't really seem to age. Giselle doesn't really seem to age. Maybe their kids don't age either. Yeah, I think they do. Do they? Yeah, okay. I think they probably do right there. I just, you know, once again, Tom, uh, you don't seem like the conflicted guy. You don't seem like one of these guys that, you know, you, you need the game of football to to um, determine your own self-worth. Tom Brady doesn't strike me as that guy right there. So when he was walking away, I thought he was walking away for the right reasons. And now all of a sudden he says he's got unfinished business. You know, so what is that unfinished business? He wants to retire after a Super Bowl win, right? Well, he could have. Okay, yeah, no, I mean, but that, that's won, that's what it feels it like. The year after he took his team back to the playoffs, Tom, you, you, he could have any of like the, the last the six years. You're the greatest of all time, Tom. You're the greatest of all time. Just walk away. See, it's this thing yeah, where but, you can't. I think I think Kurt Warner will tell you that he asks himself on a regular basis, "Did I retire too soon?" I think Kurt would tell you that he still thought about that after he did retire for the first few years that he was out. I think he thought about it. Was it too early? I, I don't know. I just know that honestly, Tom Brady unfinished business. That's the part that doesn't make any sense. If you, you he was only retired for basically a month, forty days or whatever. So not I'm even six weeks. I'm a Brady weeks. fan. You know that. You know why I didn't? Why I got sick of Brady though? Towards the end, especially of his run with the Patriots, and this is sort of similar to that. Is they would go out and they'd win a Super Bowl and he'd be like, nobody believed in us. Everybody doubted us. Who doubted you? That was your sixth Super Bowl. We all knew it was going to happen, and we were getting bored. So when that maybe he just needs this. Maybe he, he just needs he, to build himself he wanted up. Wanted to think that people were doubting. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks to Aaron Maloney and uh, Lauren Koval behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gamble coming up right here next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.